the first reading of today from the book of Genesis. It talks about God's move to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And his intention to relate what he was going to do to Abraham, his servant. But the Bible says that God does nothing even as he reveals it to his uh, servants. And Abraham began to exercise an office, an office that God has instituted for humanity in our relationship with God, and that's the office of prayer. He began to exercise the third degree dimension of prayer. It's called the office of intercession. In the Responsorial Psalm, the response says, On the day I called, you answered me, O Lord. That again unveils to us that our office is an office that God honors so much. And if anyone steps into that office and exercises it duly, God does not fail the person. In the second reading, Paul brings us again to understand that there's something very integral about our relationship with Jesus. That we were buried with Christ in baptism, in which we were also raised with him through faith in the workings of God. And on our ground, that's what makes prayer powerful. There's a base for our exercising the office of prayer. And in the gospel again, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Jesus was exercising that same office. Child of God, do you know that man, as created by, by God, was first of all conceived and bedded in the womb of prayer? Man as, a, man, as a creation, as a creature, is a product of prayer. Prayer here is not prayer in terms of asking God for things, but prayer as intimacy, as relationship. God the Father, relating God the Son. God the Son, relating God the Father. God the Holy Spirit, relating God the Son. And this eternal connection they have in fellowship, perfect fellowship. It is in the peak of this intimacy that love, that binds this relationship, echoed. Let us create man in our own image, in our likeness. So man is primarily a product of prayer. Your constituents today was galvanized in the womb of prayer. Number two, child of God, you know that for you to even exist, you have to exist within the ambience of prayer. You were created and fashioned from the womb of prayer. 
you are to exist even in this realm within the environment of prayer. The Bible says that when God created Adam, he didn't put him in the earth. He put him in the garden. And garden is the place of intimacy. Garden is the place of relationship. The Bible says God, in the cool of the evening, will always come down to come and relate with Adam in the garden of Eden. And to tell us how central that place is, when Adam offended God, God chased him out of that garden. And man from that day became exposed to all manners of things. Number three, are you aware that for man who now exists in this realm, within the environment of prayer, cannot even function optimally? That is, to function to the maximum capacity to which God has created you. You can't function optimally except by and only through prayer. You can function well. We can function and do a lot of things. What we see today actually is a mirage to what we are supposed to be doing more if we engage the tool of prayer. So you were created and fashioned in the womb of prayer. You are to exist in this terrestrial realm within the environment of prayer. You are to function and fulfill your purpose in God optimally to the maximum capacity only and through prayer. Child of God, the place of prayer cannot be overemphasized. So much has been talked about, you know, prayer. Go to churches, they say pray, 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 pray. Everywhere they tell you pray, pray, pray. But you and I know that deep down in the fabrics of our human nature, there is this reluctancy we have towards prayer. Why is that we know the place of prayer, the integral office of prayer, and still not many engage it? Are you aware? Just the way the devil attacked Adam in the garden to make him disobey God in the environment of prayer, so that Adam can come out of that environment of prayer and now begin to operate without prayer. That is the same temptation. The devil is still bringing to every human being on it. Because he knows that if man was to remain in that place where God meets him every day, and the intimacy and the fellowship of God is maximized. The potential in man that will be made manifest will be so much that you can literally see in the, ter in the terrain where man exists the picture of the glory and the grandeurs of God. So man had continually struggled to get back to that environment, and the devil every day will do everything to make sure you don't maximize it. Why is it that the moment you make up your mind, I want to pray, that's the time weakness from nowhere comes and evades you. That's the time distraction comes. That's the time your headache will come. That's the time the back pain will come. That's the time you remember the ugly things that distract you. 
But the moment you drop the act of exercising that office, and you sit down to watch a movie you like, all the pains will disappear. All the sleep will go. Your strength comes alive. So I'm just giving this uh, a little uh, background to make us understand that, child of God, you cannot, you cannot be the fullness of who you are if you detest yourself from prayer. Thank you, Jesus. So we must understand and gain this wisdom. And anyone who succeeds to penetrate that chamber, that atmospheric chamber of prayer, and begin to grow in it, you will see that the person will not easily let go that place of intimacy. You can see that even Jesus himself, who is the Son of God, who had no sin, full of the Holy Spirit, full of power, he didn't need protection because he's protection himself. He didn't need food because himself is the bread of life. Praise the Lord. He was not challenged by sickness because himself is the healing lamb. All the things that basically make up our prayer intentions are is manifest in Jesus. He doesn't need all those things. But Jesus, the Bible says, spend quality time in prayer. He wake up at the third watch of the night, second watch of the night, that's around 1 a.m., 2 a.m., he will pray the morning, not just for a few days, constantly. Some days, the Bible says, Jesus prayed all night. Before he chose the twelve, the Bible says he prayed all night. What was he praying about that would take him all night to ask God? Has God become so deaf that he has to keep telling him and telling him and telling him one hour, three hours, four hours, the whole night? What is he telling God? Himself is God himself. What is this that he's telling God that God does not know? Are we together here? But to tell us that as long as you are human and you put on this flesh, you must engage the infrastructure of prayer. Your life was bettered in the womb of prayer. Your existence can only be established in the womb of prayer. You can only fulfill God-given destiny with excellence, until you exercise the what? The power of prayer. Abraham knew this. And that is why, in administrating the affairs of life, when God came and told him, so it means that Abraham had been enjoying the, the buoyance of divine intimacy. This time, it is not him asking God for things. It is God looking for his bosom friend to tell him his agenda. Abraham had grown in prayer to a point where it is no longer the issue of him going to God to pray, but God coming to him for prayers. And came and shared with him what he tends to do. I have heard about the wickedness going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, and I'm going to go and assess the, the, the wickedness there, and I'm ready to judge them. And Abraham said to the Lord, Oh, if there are 50 persons in that city, will he destroy it? He began to engage God. He began to exercise the third office, administrating the affairs of his life. He began to 
you know, negotiate with God. So that they will not be destroyed. Child of God, do you know that if you grow in prayer, you come to a point where you can negotiate things with God. Hezekiah, God sent the prophet to him and said, put your hands together. Very soon you are going to die. And after the prophet passed his message and left, Hezekiah faced the war and began to pray. He began to exercise the third dimension of prayer, the administration of the affairs of life. Oh God, I have served you for my youth. I have lived every time praising your name. And I've done that, you know, gainfully. And I've not yielded myself to the lordship of darkness. Why am I going now? If I go to the grave now, would my bones praise you? He negotiated his way out. And he made it, he, he did that so intimately that God himself again had to break protocols. Had to go and call the prophet and say, hey, 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 it's like we made a mistake here. Go back to that man. Tell him he has extra 15 years. Do you know what it means that before a prophet is dispatched to go and give an information, heaven has sat down in the courtroom of heaven. Decisions must be made by the entire, you know, uh, 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 organ of heaven. And then a decree was passed there to go and tell that man that he will die. And one man stood against the entire court of heaven and reversed their judgment. Shout a big amen. Amen. Is a human being like you that did this. Hezekiah, he was even sick, but he understood the office of prayer. See the office of prayer. Can you see the reason why the devil come to attack you? To make you look at it as a, a very careless in exercise. He won't want you to see the glory in it. And Abraham continued negotiating until he was able to negotiate out his own brother who was there with his family. And that's why he was able to send the angel to go and then rescue Lot and his family before Sodom and Gomorrah was what? Destroyed. Prayer rescues. You can exercise that prayer to rescue human beings. The Bible told us in the, you know, in the Astro Apostle that a man called James was arrested. And the church was quiet about it. And before you know it, Herod cut off his head. And the Jews celebrated it. And when he found out that, it's okay, let's go for another person. He now went, they now went and captured Peter. But this time the church said, wow, they took James, we kept quiet. Now they have taken Peter, we can't keep quiet. And the Bible says, the church made prayers. Prayer was made on account for Peter. And when prayer was made tremendously, one night, the Bible says, God sent an angel into the prison. And went and tapped Peter. And the chains in the hands of Peter on his legs fell up on their own. And the angel said, follow me. And Peter followed. The first door, iron bar door, God opened miraculously. The second door opened. And then they led him to the temple. And said, go back to that temple and continue to preach. About this life. Which life? The supernatural life. Shout a big amen. amen. You need to understand what God has put in your hand. 
You don't pray because you are asking God for things. That's the lowest level of prayer. Praying for material things. God give me food. God give me house. God give me job. That is the lowest cadre of prayer. The highest dimension of prayer is a prayer that processes you. Every human being was created complete but not perfect. And so your perfection is established as you yield yourself in prayer. That's where the best of you begin to come out. Just the way you were created in the womb of prayer, and you can only exist in the realm of prayer, and also administer the affairs of, of life by prayer, you cannot also, you know, be the best of you without the womb of prayer transforming you. So they say the prayer that blesses you is a prayer that changes your life. It brings out the different versions of you that, that is locked up inside your chambers. The more you pray, the more a better version of you emerges in the spirit. You keep emerging and keep emerging until the glorious dimension of you envelops this one. And the beauty about it is that as you migrate from one version to another version, certain things about life cannot assess you again. But as long as you remain in the lower version, the elements of life can mess you up. We have, this, we have handled this extensively in advanced Bible class. The place of prayer. The place of prayer. Jesus in the gospel again began to teach them how to pray. He said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. That is the place of worship, a place of allegiance. Hallowed be thy name. I worship you. You are created a worshiping being. You have to give God allegiance every day. He must exercise his lordship over your life. Hallowed be thy name. And as you do that, say, thy kingdom come. The most important thing in life is not your food and drink first, but the peoples of God in man's life. So when you say, thy kingdom come, what you are saying is that, the reason why you sent me here on earth here, it has come. May I exercise it? Your kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. The kingdom and the will of God is the ultimate purpose of every man. That is what positions you here effectively. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Jesus. Then we will now begin to ask, give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our provision. Give us each day the things we need. Forgive us our trespasses. We acknowledge that we fail many times. And as we fail, we rise again to continue to remain focused. Deliver us from all evil. It's a recognition that where we are is a dangerous zone. And there are evils everywhere. 
and we'll be conscious of it. And we need divine protection in the realms of this darkness of evil. So, child of God, we must understand what God has put in our hands and we must use it all the time. Don't don't ever give excuse to the reason why you should not pray. If you place other things far above prayer, you have also subscribed to become a bunch of failure. Not just yourself, but to God and to humanity. Jesus did not need to pray, but Jesus spent hours in prayer. And that's why he was able to manifest the dimensions that we see in him. You know, the Bible says that even though he was in the form of God, he emptied himself. So he dropped the God life in him and became like a male servant. And then he began to live like a, an ordinary human being. Everything he exercised on the level of human being was things he acquired as a human being. To show us that ourselves too, we can have access to those things and then our lives can be like his own. That is why the second reading says, you were buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were also raised with him. You were raised with who? With Christ. Say, I've been raised. raised. Say it again. And that says, through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. So you've been raised from the dead. You've been raised from the darkness of this world. You've been raised from the corruption of this world. And you who were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. I'm alive in Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm alive in Christ. The life of God is in my heart. I live the life of Christ. I live the life of Christ. I say I live the life of Christ. I live the life of Christ. Yes, the life of Christ is in me. The life of Christ is in my bones. The life of Christ is in my flesh. The life of Christ is in my blood. The life of Christ is in my organs. The life of Christ is in the administration of my life. Everything I do is subsumed in Christ. I refuse to fear. I refuse to be intimidated. I refuse to be stopped from praying. I refuse to be you know, cast away. I refuse to feel inferior because I have been raised with Christ. The Bible says far above principalities, above powers, rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness, above anger, above unforgiveness, above envy, above bitterness. I refuse to yield my heart to bitterness. I refuse to live in unforgiveness. I refuse to live in arrogance. I refuse to yield myself to the spirit of lust. I refuse to be materialistic. I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual in the name of Jesus Christ. The light of God is in me. I refuse to walk in darkness. I refuse to walk in darkness. The power of God is with me. If God be for me, who is against me? No one can be against me. Because the Lord is my light and my help. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Before whom will I shrink from? When my enemies come against me to devour my flesh, it is they who stumbled and fell, shout a big amen. amen. This is where we live. This is where we pray from. You have to be a talking child of God. You're always communicating. 
in the room, in the in the womb of prayer. Jesus said, when you want to pray, enter your closet. It's not a physical closet, it's a spiritual closet called gardener. Okay? Once you want to pray, an atmosphere comes over you. It's called the Shekinah glory. You're sitting there. You intimate with God. Get pregnant with divine realities. It's an intimacy. Oh, you think it's only husband that pregnant their wives? God pregnants his children. The Bible says your maker is your husband. And when you intimately relate with him, he puts things into you. He pregnates you with his power, with his love, with his mercy, with his graciousness. And you see yourself carrying out gracious things. Divine possibilities will come out of you. And because there's an intimacy that exists between you and you, he invests his jealousy over you. Whoever touches you, touches the apple of his eyes. Just as a man guards his, guards his wife and protects her and puts eyes on her all the time. That's how God looks at those who have come into this realm of relationship. Shout a big hallelujah. Abraham was exercising it. And when he exercised it, he rescued his brother. You can exercise that office also. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. David was trying to tell us there's a secret place, a place of intimacy. You rule from there. You decree from there. You change the course of things from there. You raise your children in the womb of prayer. You think it's school that will raise your children. You'll be joking. You think it's a uh, man uh, uh, talking to them at home that will, that will change them. You are joking. If you don't bet them in the womb of prayer, you will raise beasts. You will raise all kinds of human beings. And you begin to wonder, is that my child? Because you only betted the person physically, you didn't bet the person in the womb of prayer. But look at the scriptures. All the great men betted their children in the womb of prayer. Go and ask Joseph. He will tell you what he did with his children. Go and ask Moses. He will tell you what he did with his children. Go and ask Abraham. He will tell you. Go and ask Sarah. All of them. Zachariah. All of them. They knew. Spiritually, they knew the profiles of their children. As you are seated now, you have your children. You don't even know who they are spiritually. Because you are cut off from that place of intimacy where secrets are given. By today's ministration, may your spirit be activated again. Let the weakness that invade your prayer closet be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. All the fear that clamps on your heart, that makes you lose the capacity to go to God and spend time with Him, may those shackles be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. All the dullness of hearts, disinterestedness in the things of God. May the Holy Spirit take it away. May a new appetite for prayer come so you can schedule your time properly and root out from your life things that keeps you busy for nothing. You say, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, but guilty. You are so busy, but so guilty because you are not exercising what God has given to you. Man was not created and put in the, in the earth or in the jungle. He was created and put in the garden, in the place of intimacy. He operates from there. He goes out from the garden. He does things. He goes back to the garden again. He wraps himself again with glory. He goes out. Without glory, you will be messed around. Without glory, your life will be vulnerable. Without glory, you will suffer depression. The atmosphere around you will hold onto your heart and turn your heart to the heart of an animal. And sometimes you see yourself misbehaving. The way you act, you say, what? Is it me? Me I acted like this? Because there's a part of you that lacks the glory. And the glory is the duty of life. You keep wishing, I wish, I wish. If wishes were horses, men will fly. 
You have wished, I wish, I wish. Wish will not change anything. Begin to implement that office. Create time in your family. I've said before that you cannot afford to say you are a Catholic where you and your children cannot pray together. You find families where the father is in his own room, the mother in her own room, the children, they will watch television and go to bed, wake up with television, then the morning they just mumbo-jumbo themselves and find their way out to activity. Year in, year out. How do you run your family like that? Where is the place of the lordship of our father? Our father who art in heaven. Where is his place? Some were erect altars of different types and never spent one hour there. Hello. Are we together here? It's a story. I'll end with that story. A priest was invited for a family for a dinner. And eventually, after having the dinner, there was an envelope the family prepared to give to the priest. The very first envelope. And so it was kept on the table there. And so while they were at the table there, the priest picks the envelope and they have prayer books in their house. And then, I think it's the Biviary. And then while they talked, the family said, ah, we pray the Biviary. We love the Biviary, you know, and all that. Discussions about prayer came up. So the priest took the envelope and put in the Biviary. And after the occasion, he was about to go, and they tried to look for the envelope. They didn't see it. And they didn't want to show the priest that something was missing, that they planned to give him something, and they're not seeing it now. It would be an embarrassment for them, right? It would be like you are accusing him there and then. So they pretended and wished him well, and the priest left. And the people sat down and said, come on, this priest is a pifa that he steals. He came to the house and took the envelope on the table because no other person entered his house. And they began to build up all kinds of aggression in their hearts against this priest, thinking of how to nail him. One month, two months, three months, they were still carrying this thing, preparing big letter of what? Accusation against him to the bishop. So in their preparation now, they decided to share their grievances to one family. And they asked, and they asked them, have you, have, you met, have you asked God a priest to ask him before taking this? They said, no, we don't need to ask him. We knew he took it. No other person came to the house, you know, and all that. No, 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 we are sure it was on the table there. We don't have kids in the house. They said, please ask him. If you ask him, the quorum deserves that you ask him before reporting. So that if he says he didn't take it, you cannot take it off from there. And they called his priest. I said, Father, how are you? It's been a while. He said, yes. How are you doing? Father, we are, we, are, we, are, we are grieved with you. I said, why? What happened? Father, as a matter of fact, of a case against you, that the day you came to our house, something serious got missing in our house. And we knew that no other person came to the house except you. Oh, we don't have kids in the house. Nobody came to the house except you. So it means that that which is missing, you are the one who is responsible. The person what is it? He said, we left an envelope, a fat envelope, on the table of the dining, which actually we prepared to give to you when you finish dining with us. But we never saw it. So what happened? The person said, wow. 
Why you people told me you pray your breviary every day? The envelope is in your breviary. They said, what? It's in your breviary. And they went home and opened the breviary and the money was there. Praise the Lord. Will they pray? Will they pray? May God bless us once and our hearts through Christ. Amen.